Almost there, nipples. Just a bit more. There. Beautiful, isn't he, nipples? What do you think, Jay? 70 is bit of an older model, but with the merging enhancements I have just added, it will more than suffice. Yeah, yeah, it's like the last 2,234 I've seen. Nothing more, nothing less. Now let me go! Shut up, Jay. All of this whining is so un-Jay-like of you. I expect more from the DNA source I have used to spawn my future empire. Let. Me. Go! Uh, uh, my neck! Don't make me do that again now, Jay. I hate turning on your collar punishment. You are the most beautiful fresh container I have ever known. Every time I have to punish you, a piece of my soul evaporates from my spores. This hurts me more than it does you, I promise you, my love. Ah, uh, I hate when you talk to me like that. Would you rather I speak to you as I would every other flesh container before you, Jay? Tell him what we do to those nibbles. Look who has returned, J-Clone666. I trust your trip was fruitful. Of course. I never fail. Ew. Why are you still using that voice? You aren't around Justin, Sean, and Joe anymore. <clears throat> Sorry. Sometimes I forget. Is that better? Yeah, much better. Now you don't sound like me anymore. I still don't understand why you keep him around. His living isn't your concern. He serves a greater good. Whatever. That's your problem. Yes, it is my problem. Now that you're here, are you ready to download? Yes. One second. There. I'm ready. Ooh. Now plug into J-Clone 70 and begin. Stop doing that! I've asked you already to shut up now, Jay. Let me go! I said shut up! Did you kill him? No! It would take a much higher voltage to do that. He is just taking a nap now. There. It's done. Cool! Now, let's see if it worked. Hello! How are you doing, Mr. Fungus and J-Clone 666? J-Clone 73.3 is awake and ready for orders. I see you added 3.3% of your being into J-Clone 70, evolving him into J-Clone 73.3. Are you sure that will be enough for what we need? 3.3 is the maximum I can download into a flush container of that date. As I'm a Pleiadian when I am not inhabiting another vessel, the quality of the vessel I download into dictates how much of myself I can inhabit. You act as though it was spawned yesterday, J-Clone 666. I know how it works. I am just making sure you're not holding out on me. And why would I do that, Mr. Fungus? 
I know how you Pleiadians operate on lies and deceit, while they are traits I revel in. I am also cautious when working with those who are as adept as myself. I promise you, my goals are in line with yours, Mr. Fungus. Good. And do you think J-Clone 73.3 can get the job done? Oh, I can get the job done, Mr. Fungus. I'm not asking you. Well, J-Clone 666, can he? Absolutely. And with that amount of Pleiadian inside of him, he will put on quite a light show for the group as well, which will help in distracting them from his main purpose. Good! <laughs> now let me open this portal with my sporic energy. Now be off, J-Clone 73.3, and serve your purpose to me well. And me. Goodbye, you two. Yes! <laughs> everybody this is joel thomas and sean chris and we've got cryptos of the corner in the building again and this is floating mushroom guys and we're back with another episode and i know that you guys are ready for all the crazy stuff we're gonna give you but to start it out we're gonna do everything up front like we always do cryptos of the corner what you got for us hi everybody i am the sleep deprived great and powerful mystery and I am Jay Clone seventy three point three today, feeling full of you know just love and light and energy and happiness of the cosmos and good vibes of the cosmos. They're radiating through me. Why does he? Why do you look like you're radiating, Jay Clone seventy three point three? I'm glad you can see that too. Because I'm very sleep deprived and I thought that it was just me like having a seizure or something. But he looks like he's glowing, right? I think I do have a little glow. Are you pregnant? Well he <laughs> no, he just downloaded his yoga his yoga file. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his crown chakra is like lifting off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at his hair flap. It's yeah, it's standing up. straight up. <laughs> we should check his root chakra. He's downloading spiritual <laughs> data. He's on spiritual TikTok. Spiritual TikTok. It's stuck to his brain. Oh my gosh, my brain is His melting. crown chakra is overloading and his uh, uh, grounding chakra, his root chakra is not. I can see his root chakra right now, actually. <laughs> uh, it, it pops out from time to time. Is that a tail? <laughs> it depends on how I'm standing. Oh gosh, this is my... Th I will say that's a more... Uh, high industrial flap he has on today though that looks like they really uh 
put in some work. That's a good weld right there, I'm going to say. <laughs> so before, or real quick, before we share our little before house stuff, we were at a livestock auction the day before recording this, and Jay put his hair back into a ponytail. And that may sound weird for a, a livestock auction. He was not the only one. I found future me. He found a guy that looked like him from like 60 years in the future. Wow. That they both were bidding up the same birds every time. And we had the same haircut with the same ponytail. And I'm like, you're just fighting with yourself over there. <laughs> wow. So there was a J clone in the future. Probably like in the, one of the like over a thousand models, right? Yep, probably yep. like oh. in that thousand three. Actually, it was, it's two zero nine eight five six seven three two four five six seven is the number. Wow. <laughs> That's a advanced model. And he only he only knows that because he mentally uh, sent that message to him. <laughs> Nowhere is that written down anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's written in the in the uh, canyons of your mind. Oh, gosh, this is horrible. Sorry, guys, I'm so tired. <laughs> but no, we you know fight all our socials like normal. Uh, the YouTube doc, so the documentary series, uh, the first one's fully filmed at this point. Uh, it will probably be out either this the end of this month or next month so stay tuned so stay tuned go subscribe to the youtube we got to hit that thousand yeah 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 anything else that's it the store is live we got a shop yeah yeah and then well i know joel's gonna talk about the big big news right yeah okay all right i think i'm done and don't forget to give five star reviews for everybody you know what i mean give a five star review for cryptids and kill the mockingbirds right now five 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 <laughs> hit those five <laughs> stars why you can <laughs> and you can follow us at kill the mockingbirds podcast on instagram ventessa music on instagram sean chris music on instagram and kill the mockingbirds.com and don't forget to stream our music joel thomas sean chris on all music streaming platforms yeah that's where you can catch all of us and to reiterate Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Music, wherever you're at. Right now, while you're listening, five-star review for Cryptos of the Corners. Five-star reviews for Kill the Mockingbirds. Give us a cool review on Apple, and we will talk about it on our Thursday show. If you do it on Spotify, we got some really cool polls we put out every week, and you can comment on each individual episode. The big news we got coming up that we're both a part of, the Fortean Airways Ultimate Podcast Conference. It's a full weekend with us, Cryptos of the Corn, Uncomfortable, Appalachian Intelligence, Hollow Sky, and newly added the Bump Podcast. This is October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Friday the 6th, we got a 6 p.m. hangout, 7 p.m., 9 p.m. with the Podcasters can panel. I can't even talk. Cannibal. Saturday the 7th, uh, it's a full-day event. All of us are going to have special presentations that you won't get on the podcast. You get to hang out with us, buy merchandise with us. We've got another podcaster panel. And then Sunday the 8th, we're going to send you off with a nice breakfast at one of the J-Clones Ada Bowling Alley. I don't know how many J-Clones will be working that day, but there should be a lot. <laughs> and to speak of that point, guys, during this event, we are doing a J-Clone cosplay contest that will be judged on Saturday evening. If you win, we've got a incredible care package with tons of stuff in it that we're going to give to the winner. Mm -hmm. But if you need to know exactly what J-Clone looks like, 
going into socials. All you got to do is model after Jay. Whoever has the best Jay clone contest or the winner of the contest will win a ton of stuff from all of us. Uh, we look forward to seeing all you guys there. Get in early. Don't wait. Don't wait till the last minute to get your tickets. I know you will anyway, but don't do it. Get them now. September 6th is when the hotel room block is closed. Okay. Just for everybody, if they want to get the hotel room like in the hotel we're doing the conference in, that block closes the 6th uh, because it's like it's a month out. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, oh, and for this the is Ada, Ohio. Ada, A-D-A. No, there's no, like, uh, people put like an I in it, stuff like that, like the name. <laughs> Very simple. Uh, but for the uh, the costume contest, I think the goal right now is to judge it in that dinner intermission break between the end of the conference and the podcasters panel that evening. I think that's kind of the, that's the goal. That's yeah. how it works. And listen, we're building up to a J-Clone army is what our goal is here, guys. Like, we want to, in a year to have J-Clones everywhere. Not just the real J-Clones, which are, we don't know how many there are, but we want other people, you know, you know, we got transhumanism on the way, guys. Right. Like, this is the perfect yeah. way to bring it in. You can become a clone. Is to model yourself after the ultimate AI. One of my clones is. <laughs> What about like that the the J clone that comes from like the Philippines or something, man? I just I would like to see him. It would be interesting. <laughs> we exist. We exist. <laughs> we exist. At, we are among all of you. <laughs> now, that's the plan, anyways. So I'll give a shout out to a listener, Sherwin. If you come to this conference, you better have a tinfoil hat and you better dress up like Jay. <laughs> and if not, I will yes. hold you down and shave your head, Sherwin. Yes. And you will become Jay. Yes. We will all become yes. Jays eventually. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so some events have face painting in the corner and stuff like that. We're actually going to have the shave your head into a square, like booth in the corner. So you can go get your hair cut just like Jay. This will be fun. This I'm really looking forward to Dude, this event. we got to get those like, you know, those like little masks and stuff or like how they have the little paper mullets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look at J-Clone 73.3. He is like pulsating right now. I don't even know how you can see in there, Justin. It's like so bright. Literally, like I'm I'm dying. So I thought it was the baby, <laughs> but it may be him. I feel like I'm doing kundalini yoga. And just, I'm just fully, uh, I don't know, embracing myself at the moment and feeling 100%, you know, like my true self. That's very interesting. You get a crystal. You get a crystal. You get a crystal. <laughs> Cryptic statements all the time. Oh, this is wonderful. You guys should try it. Try what? You look like you could literally step into V-Mana and would just take off immediately. You wouldn't even have to like power up. It's just gone. V-Manas were actually just organic UFOs they put saddles on. That is it. Mm -hmm. I hear you. That's it? Dropping the mic if it wasn't attached to the table. You know, I think they uh, maybe a different race of beings created them. That's stupid you and you're wrong. Hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should discuss it. Are you saying that? <laughs> hey, Jay Clone's over there, over there getting super sane out? What are the. the They're like, hey, brother. <laughs> My hair is blonde for a reason. I was going to say, I would love to see the super version, super sane version of your hair. 
<laughs> oh, what God. if we fusioned? Wonder what we'd look like. <laughs> hey, you should get. You should grow that patch on your head like a kid in play, but like you know, mm. like have it like grow like <laughs> <laughs> straight out the back, like out <laughs> straight backwards. Not even up, just straight back. It's like a two by four hanging uh, off the back of your head. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What the hell are we or talking Or like the about? lead singer of the Misfits where he pulls it down over the front of his face. I'll just do it straight backwards. Oh man. <laughs> All right, guys. We are moving into today's topic. We're going to break down some alien races. And obviously, you guys know how we do it here. Uh, Justin's going to give you a good biological breakdown. I'm going to get weird. We're going to do a little different today, though. We're going to kind of break each alien down that way as we go down into the ultimate that everyone knows, the gray aliens. But we've got plenty in between. <laughs> Legitimately scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wake up Justin real quick. I seen him dozing off over there. Legitimately. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so loud in the headphones over here. My <laughs> headphones were turned up way too loud for that. We're going to pass it you, Justin. We're going to start it with the Sasani oh. is where we're going to go with. Uh, and you, we're going to get into what you think about these guys. You get, get your little biological breakdown there. And then the Sasani. That's how I was going to pronounce it. Sasani. Sasani. It doesn't matter. No, however you say it is probably correct. It just... My pronunciations are funner. The sassy aliens. The, the Ada pronunciations, which which honestly at this event will have a lot of people from Ada there, so it doesn't right. matter. No, it's I'm still an oddball. It's a Sassani. It's, it's just <laughs> how it is. So the Sassani. Hybrids are particularly common across the cosmos and are believed to be an alien race that contact with Earth. Some even believe that the humans are genetic hybrids themselves. But that's a discussion for another conspiracy time. The Sasani are a hybrid that is well-developed from reptilians and gray humans. So wouldn't that be a tri-hybrid? So you, that math kind of adds up to that, right? They're developed. Unless, unless that you subscribe to the idea that humans have what they call the dormant reptilian brain, or we have like reptilian traits in our brains already. So I think we do. Uh, yeah, so if you look at it from that aspect, maybe... Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just between the two. Hmm. But there, there's there's definitely some different avenues we can go down there for sure. See, I always try. thought of it as having a synapsid hybrid brain, not reptilian. Okay, now explain what that word means. You like to, <laughs> I'm too tired for this. <laughs> Synapsids, you know, a half man are what half mammal, half reptilian. You know, proto uh, creatures, proto animals, right? No. Then what is it? <laughs> They're pro. <laughs> They're proto animals. That's the right term, right? I'm not. Everybody, look up what a synapsid is. I'm, it's just, oh my gosh! Uh, let the coffee kick in. <laughs> no, they're reptile. They're they're proto mammals. That's what I said, right? Yeah, no, they're reptile mammal. Like they're basically where it had a mix of both characteristics for a long time. Hmm. Kind of like us. Mm, I guess so. There you go. End of the show, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> uh, third. <laughs> let me try to read again. Uh, their development was found to be necessary after the greys mutated themselves through genetic experimentation to a point where they could no longer reproduce or reproduce using conventional sexual means. That's not fun. And they were only able <laughs> to spawn new generations after cloning themselves. Do you know why? Uh, so this is me talking. 
Do you know why that kind of reproductive system would be very, very poor over a long period of time? You guys? No. Give us the answer. So basically, it's uh, so most creatures that clone themselves here on Earth can only do it for a couple generations at a time. And that's because uh, have you ever photocopied something that's already been through the photocopier and it disdains and it gets worse and worse and worse? Mm-hmm. Well, genetic material is just like that. That when it's just a copy, 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 it breaks down. And I always thought that was interesting when we come back around and start talking about the grays and this kind of stuff later. Because that actually kind of makes sense. That if you were a cloned race, how you would start having a lot of problems way down the pipe. Uh, But yeah, so cloning is well and good if you want to create new beings. However, there's no genetic variation over successful generations, which led to the problems that they have. So they came to Earth to convince a few people, quote-unquote, to share their genetic information with them. Hmm. Hmm. Like the government. So they need to, like, share that uh, genetic information because of the copying and... Right. Like, you so, too much where yeah, they, like, fall apart. It's called genetic uh, degradation. Uh, basically, it's where the genomes start just kind of... It's just they start breaking apart. They start having missing pieces. They start having copies. Uh, so even though it's quote unquote an identical clone, you're still losing stuff in the process. So during sexual reproduction, for the most part, that's getting all like it's only half and half. So you're getting all kinds of stuff mixed around, and like new genes are being formed from those meeting pairs. Uh, so yeah, when they came to Earth to convince a few people to share some genetic material uh, from the gal or from the or genetic crossover, the universe was blessed with an entirely new type of being. The Sassies, the Sassanies, who are the way of like the interstellar cousins. Like the, the Sassies. The Sassies. <laughs> they were also given their own planet. Oh no, here comes the Sassies. Yeah. <laughs> Must be like, it seems like, it seems like and, and then one of their species in the Sassies is a Karen and a Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the worst ones. I got to put some liquor in this coffee. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, gosh. You do Where what was you that? have to do. <laughs> They were So they were given their own planet and they were allowed to uh, roam free and evolve how they naturally were going to be. So they were, so, so far they were basically, the greys were having so much problems with genetic degradation. They took some humans. These are the human gray hybrids. Uh, they were given their own planet and then were allowed to evolve freely after that. Uh, the, the Sassies have a strong connection with their higher selves and believe that they were humans all will, or believe humans will also be one day. Although they are a millennia ahead of us and up to 15 alien races that are allegedly actively engaging with humans' consciousness at any given time. So that's the sassies. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff when you start getting into how they were discovered, who discovered them, and then you're going to see this common thread throughout almost all of these alien cultures of how somehow they have to breed with us to continue or evolve uh, to the next level, which I find fascinating. And I'm going to set the tone real early that why are they so interested with earth only when you think about it, right? Like you've got, you know, this massive universe, but yet they keep coming here and saying that, we're the only ones with the genetic makeup that's going to allow 
all of these different alien races to survive or evolve further. And I'll get into what I think about that too. But I do want to talk about the Sasani or Shikani, which they're said to be the ultimate evolution of. And they are humanoid, light, grayish skin and enlarged upturned eyes. So they're very gray alien in nature. Uh, they're a little taller than the normal gray aliens that you would see. So they're in that like five foot range. So they would be like a, like a regular size small man, but looking more like a gray alien. So this dude named Daryl Anka, who was also the cousin of a 1960s teen idol, Paul Anka, he's a spiritual medium. And he's the one that he actually to this day claims to channel an enlightened extraterrestrial entity named entity named Bashar. So Bashar was kind of the first introduction into the Sasani. And what he does, he has he hosts these big events. And I think he's a charlatan in some ways. Now, do I think that maybe he's getting connected to an entity? Absolutely. But what he does is he makes these people pay all this money. He brings them in this room. He starts chanting or whatever. This being Bashar takes over him and then starts enlightening everyone around him. And starts telling them about their altered states and how they can go to this next level of consciousness. This all sounds very, very similar to the Enochian magic of John Dee and Edward Kelly uh, back in the late 16th century of England. So they were kind of like the first ones to bring this in. And he talks about Enochian language and Enochian knowledge. So to me, when we start talking about Enochian, we're talking about an angelic language that was given to us. And that is through any occultist that you've ever heard of. And his first interaction with these entities was from a UFO that he saw. It was a triangular UFO, very similar to what we see, dark, had lights on the outside, one big red light pulsating in the middle. He's seen it twice. And that's what sent him down his journey to find out about what UFOs were, what entities were. And then when he started working with this medium and learning how to connect, that's when he met this Bashar. And Bashar started speaking through him, would literally take over him. Now, even when you take the word Bashar and you look at it, back in 2012, Bashar Assad, who's still the president of Syria, was said to be the coming Antichrist in the future, who's still in power. He's been per he's perpetration of numerous war crimes, crimes against humanity. He's kind of been condemned from a lot of other countries in the Middle East. But I thought it was funny. His name was also Bashar. And you've got this weird thing going on with this guy who's saying, hey, these entities are here to help here to help us, which we always hear from all these alien entities. But it's literally possessing him to then talk through to other people. And that's kind of how this whole thing started with this Sasani. And and again, we always talk talking about, about Assad. You're talking about Assad, right? Yes. So okay, okay, that okay, was. Gotcha. That was said back in 2012 that he could yeah. be the coming Antichrist. I just thought it was weird. Like his first name, Bashar, was connected to this Bash like Bashar entity. They're spelled the exact same. Well, yeah, and that is a common name like in the Middle East, too. That's what's right. crazy. Like, like that's a real common name because like I were out here in Michigan. There's a lot of um, different Middle Eastern people and stuff like that. And there's that name has popped up quite a bit in warehouses I worked at. Right. And so to me, it's like we're going to see this theme throughout. Right. You know, obviously, these entities are a combination of greys and humans. Here we go with the breeding hybridization. 
you know, this is how you get to the ultimate form is by breeding and hybridization. So, but it's entities taking over someone and automatically writing through them, very similar to Aleister Crowley. And we're talking about Iowas and Lamb and all of these entities that have gray features. You know, it just connects. And when you go back through history before they started like calling them gray aliens and these different alien entities, people just knew them as demons and fallen angels before that. Now, does this play into the fact that, hey, maybe these are the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I think that we're kind of looking at something that aliens uh, entities are, are in the same category. It, extraterrestrial is what we should really refer to a lot of these things because I don't necessarily know if they're of space so much as interdimensional. And I think we're dealing with interdimensional beings who have a very clear agenda to breed with us. They all do. Even if they say it's good, you got the ones that come with this whole uh, idea, ideology of, hey, this is a good thing. This is how we're going to do it. And people get suckered in that way. And then you got the ones that are just snatching people and doing it on their own volition. So this is what I found out about the Sasani that I thought was really interesting. Uh, what do you guys think? No, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and just in general, like, uh, thinking of when just going over the list of like all the things that we're talking about, the different alien races, kind of reminds you of the different types of angels. So it's kind of like really like, more and more it correlates to that whole thing of like what's the difference what's this like yeah what's this level of them being something that you think it's this distant planet or is it just something this reality that is like you know a holy realm or wherever we want to say but like it does seem like more and more that there's like these hierarchies of angels and they're just called all different types of things but as well is is looking into that Daryl dude, but I don't know if it was him too, because there's a guy with that name similar that was also did like iRobot and a couple other, like he was a director and a couple other things. And I looked, I looked up him. He has like the, uh, the Daryl guy. He has a channeling on YouTube. He's, he's on Apple, Apple TV. He's, he's pretty like out there. And of course, like I think it's easier to disguise things as aliens because then it seems like it's foreign and it's not a, an enemy that maybe it could be good, but like really, <laughs> it really it's just it's uh uh angels man like that's why i see like all every single part seems like the same thing so like them being able to like control their mind but really they're just like taking in them as an avatar yeah avatar i like that too the avatar yeah a little soft disclosure there <laughs> well Justin, you want to move on to the next one for us mm-hmm. arcturians Octarians? Octarians. Okay. Octarian. Not octopus. That's later. Not really. Maybe. We'll see. Of all the species who are known to inhabit the Milky Way, the Octarians are the most ancient and wisest. They are said to be one of the alien races to contact Earth regularly. If Yoda came from any one of these alien species on this list, it would probably be these guys. They are the first system to be given the gift of life in our galaxy, and all other species, ours included, may have been or maybe descendants from them. They mutated and evolved over time and now exist in many different forms. The main race of Octarians stands about five feet tall, with green skin, large eyes, and can see right through you. Just like most nerds, these races developed their minds rather than their bodies made them small in stature, and they could probably take one of them uh, in a fist fight. Dover Demon. 
Uh, however, their advanced intellect means that if any alien race out there knows who to use or knows who how to use the force, it's probably these guys. Thankfully, that they have a reputation of being one of the most kind and loving beings in the galaxy. So it manages to really make people angry uh, from the other galactic po- po- uh, uh, galactic population. Mm. They're just so nice, but they're untouchable because they're so advanced. Mm. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sounds like propaganda to me, if you ask me. So this sounds <laughs> a lot like the uh, Hopkinsville Goblins. They were seen to come mm. out of uh, a UFO crash. Uh, they were said to come out of caves, but literally like a UFO landed and then they came out of a cave. It's really a weird situation. And like the Dover Demon. Yeah. They really have mm. uh, two very similar descriptions, which is weird to me because I believe you know, the dates. I'm always really bad with my dates. I believe both the Dover Demon and the Hopkinsville Goblins were in the 60s. If not, the Hopkinsville may have been in the late 50s, early 60s, and then the Dover was late 60s. Around the same time frame. Uh, so it's just weird to me that, like, well, I guess it's not super weird, but these entities, like, this description exists well before pulp culture. And that's it. That's all I got to say. No, I agree with you, Justin, as far as being a before pop culture. I think these things are manifesting in the same physical uh, variances. I think they could shapeshift, and I think if we're talking about demonic entities or fallen angels, they could shapeshift into whatever. But I think the long game is to at least show these similar forms throughout history. So then now it's we're moving into more of like a technology age and we're able to explain these things with science. And I think they'd be like, Hey, look, it's on this wall, this hieroglyph from thousands of years ago. It looks just like this gray, or it looks just like this Anunnaki that we hear. And I think that's part of the long game. I think we are looking at entities that don't have our best interests at heart. They probably are playing the long game with us and, and they're, they're, they're just disguising themselves as different things. You're talking about the Octarians too. Again, they look like the grays a lot. They're blue, They but they have the big heads, the large eyes. You know, some of them are even depicted as having like a triangular uh, etching on their forehead where the pineal gland would be as well. So I was looking at some pictures where people were talking about the way that they would look. When you talk about how the Octurians were brought into the mainstream culture, who brought them in? We're talking about a hypnotherapist and an American psychic, Edgar Casey, and then Dolores Cannon were the ones that really brought them to the forefront. So we're again, we're talking about new age. We're talking about psychics. We're talking about people who are connecting with these entities. You know, her, you know, Dolores Cannon was talking about star seeds. This is when we get into light work. This is when we get into all these reincarnations of beings from other galaxies from the future who are again connected to humans they want to breed with humans this is in the same category man it it doesn't end one of the strange part though to me is uh, like all of them looking like the grays and stuff not all of them but like because it's like okay if there's all these multiple races of aliens and like when you see movies like even just of our imagination has them looking completely different and then you're having these same it's almost like it's the same thing And, and and somebody is either trying to take advantage of it money wise whether it's like on the you know level of like something taking over your body or your mind but there definitely is people either just for profit or being manipulated or whatever that they're trying to be like oh there's all these different alien races but they all look the same you're like what that doesn't even make <laughs> sense man like you would think 
that they would have like different characteristics. I know there's a Were few, you not like, paying attention? Rep- Who, <laughs> me? Yes. What did I just say? They are, uh, most of the universe is their descendants. That's why they look similar. Yeah, but I'm, I, I get it. But, but what I'm saying is that like, the theme of seeing this over and over again, man. There's uh, got to be multiple. Like, I get when we're talking about the reptile. Like, there's only the ones that we really see. And there's got to be, if there's vast universe and we only, yeah, we only know about these three that we always talk about. They all look like this. It's just weird to me. Here's another thing, too, that I find really interesting with all of these alien, alien races that are in contact with us humans, they're very concerned with religion. They're very concerned with Jesus. They're very concerned with the Bible. Why? If the Bible's archaic and it has nothing to do with anything, why do they consistently bring it up and tell you that it's false? They just do. It happens. You can hear this in occultic circles that are non-biblical at all, and they consistently do that. Check this out. Edgar Gacy uh, wrote a book called The Keys of Enoch. And Octurus, who is is a gateway to the higher realms of consciousness, which the Octurians talk about. So we're, he talks about it in the Keys of Enoch. Why is it consistently tied into religion in, in the Bible specifically? It, 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 it's just weird. And then you got to start thinking, are these entities something else? Are they not really aliens? And I like to say extraterrestrial. I say, once you use the words extraterrestrial, that encompasses everything that we can't explain. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not of this earth. They're just of a different dimension. When we start opening our minds to parallel universes and all that, then we can start seeing things a little more clearly. But you're right, Sean. Why, why do they have some sort of offshoot of the offshoot that looks the same or they're so concerned with religion in the Bible? You would think if they're so evolved and advanced and religion's archaic, they wouldn't even talk about it. It wouldn't even be a thing that's brought up. They would be teaching us about technology only. But you've got these mediums who are like the only gateway between us and them and they're going to talk through saying, him. like. The person that is, is the brokering the deal is like, yeah, I'm the only one that can talk to them. Like, got to take my word for it. That's where I kind of lose a lot of, like, faith in what people are saying because then I'm like, well, you're either out for profit or you're out chasing. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying him personally. I haven't really listened to a bunch of his stuff. But I'm saying that we're, you see that a lot, you know, that not necessarily that. And, and Or people just get lost in it. Sometimes people research something and they want it to be right so bad that they don't allow themselves to see any of the flaws in what the research yeah. that they have in front of them because they have it has to work or it, like their whole life is dependent on it. You take that thread out, their life falls apart. I think there is, though. I think there is a lot of like aliens that we don't know about like or extraterrestrials that look totally different. And and, and it could be like, like to Justin's point too, not just about like, you know, they're as old as, you know, pretty much everybody's their descendants. But also, like, there is a lot of the aspect of shape-shifting. We hear that a lot. So it's like, I just, I think there is more characteristics. I think we just don't talk about them because nobody wants us to talk about them. Like, there's definitely some regular ass. There's probably, I, I believe that there's other inhabitants on other planets that, like, well, I believe more in the alternate, you know, dimensions and things and frequencies that look just like us. There's, like, an alternate version of us that, like, He's like, man, I wonder if there's like another alien. You know what I'm saying? saying <laughs> doing the same podcast we're doing right now. There's another Chris Sean out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Justin Clone 867. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jay? I think we're, de- you got, we're all definitely hitting on something that's true, though. And we, we've only covered two alien races, you know, races, quote unquote, so far. But um, I... 
race aliens is this my came quotes. from the top organization in the u.s for alien but contact I'm putting it in quotes in context to our discussion so far as they may not be from outer space but there just seems to be a narrative we're told about all these that all seem to overlap and not just all seem to have some similarities but amongst them all you know even though they're all different we got these different races but there's just the same themes seem to be played over and over from modern times and then to even ancient you know writings from the past like you mentioned the pyramids you know we see depictions of what appear to be grays or even skeletons or skulls we find that are just oddly shaped or we don't know, you know, they say they're human, but are they? I, we don't know, but just Fine. they're odd. Fine. You want to be a prude? A prude? Uh, the next one. Maybe this will be more your style. I'm not programmed to be a prude. You're being an alien racist <laughs> is what you're being. So here, maybe you'll like an these ones. <laughs> maybe you'll like these ones a little more. Okay. The Nordics. Hmm. Hey, I want to say something before oh, you jump sorry. into the Nordics. No, you're perfect. I just like yelling the at The Nordics... I would I would combine the next two because they're kind of the same. So mm. I would say Nor the Nordics slash Pladians, and we can break down why that they're kind of the same and why they're from the, actually the same area. Um, but yeah, we'll just call it the Nordics for now, and then just spawn it off into Pladians. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, for Jay being an alien racist, you'll like these ones <laughs> a little better. An alien racist. <laughs> these are just tall white people. With blue eyes and really <laughs> pale skin. Uh, so, no, I'll read the actual article. Uh, the Nordics look like the Norse gods. Blonde hair with brilliant blue, eye, or blue eyes and bodies that are six foot tall. Finely toned athletes. There you go. You happy? Hmm. Sounds familiar. Adolf, you happy? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Scandinavians got their inspiration Sorry. for Thor. You, you can see where the Scandinavians got their inspiration from Thor. The Greys got a lot of the attention when they come to alien sightings, but the Nordic species come into contact with humans almost as much as they do. However, there's more interest in the well-being of the human race than the Greys are. Even though uh, some eyewitness reports claims to see Nordics in the same craft as Greys, a possible explanation for this is the Greys are the slaves of the servants of the Nordics, and the Greys lack empathy and they make an ideal butler now i believe it was travis walton seen both and then he even seen what we'll talk about later like the old style big lizards but yeah mm. and then but I, that makes a lot more sense that we wouldn't talk about them as much because you're blending again a lot easier like if you're just looking like some tall blue-haired uh pale skinned person you know what I mean? If you have the characteristics of a human being, you're going to be able to like fit in a lot more and we wouldn't be talking. That would make a lot of sense too, that some things aren't talked about because they blend in well. So there was a, now I'm not going to remember the name of this fully. We never done an episode on it, but there was a hippie abduction in Texas, like in the sixties, maybe seventies. When were the hippies really big? Sixties, seventies. Yeah. 60s, right at the end of sixties, early seventies. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like Scooby-Doo type gang in a van got abducted. And the guy ended up like leaving the hippie lifestyle, but he started seeing the the Nordics at grocery stores, at places like around. And every time that he would see one, they would acknowledge him. So like he was when he got abducted by him, it was just like the sheen had worn off of their disguise. So they know they like they would be out in public and they would know that he knew or that he could see them fully for what they are. I like a they live type of thing. Yeah, yeah. very similar. 
And that may have been, I don't know, maybe been one of the inspirations. That's a pretty famous UFO case. I just can't think of the name, the actual name, quote unquote, name of the case. Uh, do you want me to read the Palladians part two? Yeah, read that, and then I'm just going to kind of play off both of them. And like I said earlier, everybody at home, this is just off one of the really uh, famous UFO sites. They're kind of basic descriptions of each of the heavily contacted races. Uh, but yeah, so the Palladians are from a bright star, star cluster known as Palladius. They are one of the beings from the Milky Way that closely resemble humans. They are thought to be one alien race in contact with Earth. Uh, therefore, could be sitting in a room with you, one right now, and nobody would even know about it. Uh, the major difference between us and them is they are particularly sensitive to psychic energy and are constantly streaming across the universe. That means that the best way to reaching out to them would be by contacting or sending a psychic message. Put simply, if you really want to meet up with a Palladian, for a cup of tea or a few brews, just sit down and meditate. Whether they choose to show up depends on them and how you're feeling and your psychic en energy you're putting forth. Uh, so, yeah, the article says just don't yell at them. <laughs> Galactic snowflakes. Yeah. So, again, here we go with the you need to get into a psychic mainframe to be able to connect to these aliens. And I find blood and they're able to connect to us why wouldn't they be coming to us from a whole different aspect why is it this way every time is my question like i get that you know we've got the ability you know to maybe connect to that part of our brains in the past and i get this spiritual aspect to it but again it is a spiritual aspect every time with most of these aliens we're talking about the palladians and like you said they're spirit beings they're non-physical and immaterial i know a lot of people uh misconstrue them with the Nordics, but the issue is the Pladians are the Nordics. They say the Nordics are from Pladia, but this is when the Pladians, check this out now, shapeshift into the form that's better represented to the people that they meet. So a lot of the Nordics, they would go to this anthropomorphic form that's projected to people that had light skin. But when they were doing it in front of people with dark skin, they would actually project into dark hair, dark skin appearances instead. And this is seen throughout civilizations, throughout history. Also, what's really crazy with the word Pleiadian, they can come across as human beings of light and they call them the shining ones. So this, I've been doing a lot of deep dives into fallen angel, angel cultures. And the Ari, which was a race of Sumerian deified kings, they were also called the shining ones. The Elu from Mesopotamian kings, which were also fallen angels, Elu is translated as shining ones. If you go throughout history, the word shining ones is always attributed to these fallen angel gods throughout these civilizations. So I take the Pleiadians is literally like the metaphysical form of these fallen angels, but are now promoted as saying, hey, we're actually aliens, but you can connect to us by going into this psychic state where you can meet with us, and if you do it just right, you can talk to us, but if we want to, quote-unquote, shapeshift in front of you, we'll shapeshift into the form that you're most comfortable with because we're here for love, and we're here for happiness, and that's how they promote it. But guess this, check this out about the Pleiadians and the Nordics. The Nordics are constantly seen on ships with the Greys, who we know the Greys are like the most evil ones out of all of them. So why are they being really nice to people when they see them, but yet they're seen cohorting, consorting 
with greys constantly on ships. So it's another weird thing where it's like, hey, why are they connected to this like consistently evil thing if they're really good? And plus, we don't really know what like shape-shifting really is, right? We talk about shape-shifting. Mm. Really, it's frequencies, right? Like They, they could be just going into the frequency yeah. of this of this realm. And when, you ha- when you're mm. tapped into that frequency, they just look like that. And I think we call it shape-shifting. But I wonder if it really is shape-shifting, if it's more of just these... Pa- I've been really getting into the whole frequency talk because I think that has something... Obviously, frequencies are important. We know that. We know what frequencies can do to water. We're made up of water. Like, so if... These frequencies are constantly changing. I think that's the appearance of what shapeshifting may be. That's just something I've been like kind of considering that maybe some of the things we talk about, not us, I'm just saying in general, people like they, they, they don't quite understand it all the time. And then they say it is something that maybe it's not technically is. So we don't get to see the bigger picture. And I think the frequency part is important because that's how they are able to change and and alter what we see, and that's I sometimes think we see these portals and um, different things of that nature, is because that veil, what most people would call the veil, is thinning because of the frequency levels, or they're bringing it because that's what they have to do to get in their their whole realm. Now, to Joel's uh, saying about them being found together, whatever. You don't have any like we all have that one friend that's kind of an a hole, but he's still your friend. She's still your friend, whatever. That's what's happening. You know, they're still buddies. They just have to be, sometimes they're together and you just, it's just the outside looking in. That's like, that's like hot tub time. And she remember that he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Right. Yeah. I got family like that. And, but there is still, you, you they know, still come to Christmas. Right. You still got to be like, oh, you know, we, we love him, but he will punch a child. <laughs> I was just curious too. Like if they can, Turn change form, you know, from Nordic to like, you know, people in the African tribe. Is that like the first <laughs> case of blackface? You know, intergalactic blackface. Intergalactic blackface. Hey, what is with the race stuff? Do we need to start a change.org for that, man? For this inter- intergalactical blackface. Bring awareness and stop it. Yeah, n- no more. Show us. <laughs> yeah, show us your true form. <laughs> At the very end of this list, I have two aliens I didn't tell everybody about. And this may be interesting because of what Jay just said. Oh, that's going to be great. Uh, and to that point, before we jump off the Pleiadians, um, in January of 2014, Forbes magazine article re- revealed secret files leaked by Ed- Edward Snowden. And Snowden was talking about after the Roswell incident of 1947 that we were in constant contact with human beings who were what he called the tall whites and they had the long blonde hair, the blue eyes. And he said that they were in that Mm. kind of, you know, six foot to even 10 foot range, Mm -hmm. which I think you could start even delving into maybe these, these Nordics are Nephilim, maybe because you hear about a lot of things about them coming out of the earth too. So maybe they're not your typical giant, like huge giant Nephilim, but maybe they're some, something to do with that too. With the tall whites, that's kind of a weird thing. So I don't, it really depends on which description or who you're talking to for the tall whites. Cause I think they are considered like some people when they talk about them, they're referring to like mm. these Nordics, but others are like, they're like giant string bean people. Like they're super weak. They're super soft. Like uh, I'm trying to remember that documentary out in the desert with him dealing with the tall whites all the time. 
but like they can die on earth super easily. And that's why they're so tall and thin wherever they come from, whatever different reality or whatever is such a lighter gravity or such a more fluidic atmosphere that when they come here, they have so many problems and that's why they will, uh, they kill people really fast because they just, even though they are more advanced than us, like our strength would rip them apart like a piece of paper. But I've heard it both ways that like tall whites being referred to as like like the Nordics, the Pleiadians, and then I've heard that thing too, which is more like a stretched out gray with a little bit of hair. Mm. Interesting. You know what's funny? You brought up these stretched out grays with the hair. So uh, there's a really good book series by L.A. Marzulli. Uh, it's called the uh, Nephilim Trilogy, and in that trilogy, he talks about these. Uh, the greys taking the humans and they're doing these breeding programs trying to create the ultimate Nephilim and that these were the byproduct of the experiments not going particularly right. This was just, hmm. they were like the one, the offshoots, the ones that they, the ones that Sean always talks about, they were like, hey, they can't get every experiment right. Like, I feel like those might be those tall uh, whites, the ones that are like super skinny like not strong like maybe they're the ones that like ate like we still have to give them a job yeah <laughs> it's like we still i mean they're still a part of us we still gotta give them a job it's once again it's that still family give member them a job. Yeah. and uh, maybe they're kind of like what the what happened in las vegas yeah I, but i still think a lot of these two like cryptids have like uh uh are part of this whole picture of extraterrestrials that like we don't really like explore as much because I think people think that they're only like physical beings, which I believe they are, but from different realms. Like when you, Justin and, and Jay would always talk about mm -hmm. the trash pan, Mothman mm -hmm. being like a trash panda, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's the raccoon of, of the, the different dimensions and there's different animals. But I think also if you think of like a Bigfoot or a Dogman, we always think like, okay, Dogman could be Bigfoot's pet or it could be someone's pet. Or also maybe we just can't understand and they're so aggressive because you can't, when you can't understand people and you're hungry <laughs> and you're lost in some world that you don't know or somehow your frequency got flipped which i believe is like your frequency got flipped where you're now stuck in this other realm i think that they can't communicate and sometimes that lack of communication becomes frustration mm -hmm. which becomes anger which becomes violence like i think they may be just another race of these extraterrestrials but just are unable to communicate mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. that we also like to wouldn't the talk the tall whites, wasn't that the one? If you believe uh, Admiral Byrd's diary, you know yes. that he that he visited the Nordic version. Yeah, right. Yeah, wasn't that the race supposedly that uh -huh. landed his ship and he communicated mm -hmm. with and then sent him back? Yeah. Hmm. So there's just another uh, appearance of them, I guess. That same story, same description. Yeah. Just hmm. yeah. interesting. Even though Justin's hmm. But cheeks get tight anytime you bring up Admiral Byrd. I see him clenching up right Very now. Tight. I'm not even saying I don't believe in the hollow earth theory. I just don't believe in the Admiral Byrd thing. Tight, just tight cheeks. He was a, a Freemason with it. He's a Freemason. He was definitely tied in. Yeah, there was a lot of problems with it. And I think his son mostly did it for a money grab too. And his son died weird. I think that... I think they put out a level of the truth. I don't think they gave us the truth though. And I and I completely agree with you there. But I think there's some valid yeah. information there that you're that you just said Justin that maybe he did meet with these Nordics. I don't doubt that that could have happened. Maybe not in the way that he said though. Maybe it was a different mm -hmm. way. Cuz like 
if you look at his journal and stuff like that, the writing style was completely different for that time. It was, there's a whole, we should do a whole episode on it because it's like just for that little section, it <clears> was completely different than everything else in his journal. And it was like somebody else was writing in his journal. And then it, there's just a lot of weird stuff with it. Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe in some of that stuff. It just, I don't think it was him. I don't think he was, mm-hmm. I think he was pushed forward as the person. And yeah, and I, I think it's, I think his kid was killed by the mafia. <laughs> I think he owed it because he owed a lot of money to a lot of people. Heard that too. Um, let's move on to the uh, Yael. The Yadels? Okay. (laughs) There's been a lot of talk of which race will first officially disclose their presence to Earth. Excuse me. The one alien experts assume they all seem to agree that it's going to be the Yadels. Yadel, Yadel, Yadel. Oh, that's something (laughs) different. Uh, This is one of the alien races. The contact with Earth is known as it to be kind and loving and they have been uh, the best beings to make first contact with us due to their advanced and harmonious relationship with technology, something here on Earth we have little trouble balancing out with. Uh, whatever the new invention comes about, we weaponize it first, feed the hungry second. The Yadel <laughs> know that we're not the friendliest beings out there, and from time to time we make ourselves known uh, by either the ways of uh, psychic with friendly UFO sightings, uh, such as March 1997 sighting known as the Phoenix lights in which they claimed responsibility for during the event gave thousands of people across the state of Arizona in North America, a spectacular light show in the sky. And there's even video evidence for it. There's literally, this has tens of thousands around a hundred thousand like witnesses mm. and the U S government came out and said, no, it was us. And then there, <laughs> pretty much everybody was like, do it again. And the U.S. government tried to do it a couple days later, and it never looked right. And they tried to do it again, and it never looked right. And they tried to do it again, and it never looked right. They could never make it do it the same way, the Phoenix Light. It's like, so it was just funny that everybody was at, like, like I said, 100,000 witnesses or something like that. Everybody's like, all right, do it again. If this was some weird training exercise you did right over top of our city, do it again. We want to see. Never again. Hmm. Odd. Mm. Bit of house of God. Dang it, Jay. No, that's that's the the Yadels. Yeah, I thought again interesting when you start digging into the Yales or Yales or however you say them. Um, again, they are considered human beings to their creators and parents, and they were cr- created from our DNA. as is the majority of hybrid genetic codes. So they are considered another hybrid Mm -hmm. alien. And here we are again. And they're naturally shorter than humans, smaller ears, thinner lips, only four toes. Uh, They're very human-like in appearance, very close to the Pleiadians or the Nordics. They're just a lot shorter and smaller. Um, Again, the question's always asked, you know, why are we continuing to use human DNA to create these aliens? Um, but they're saying that they're again, an advanced race. They're coming back to tell us that our karmic debt is almost paid up, that we're about to move into the next phase of evolution. And I think that they have a lot of transhumanistic ideas because a lot of their stuff is based around technology and how that you can keep the world together, 
uh, with technology and using it to help advance yourself as well. Also, you can actually tie the Yale back to Sumerian text. And in Sumerian text from 5,000 years ago, these Yale were described as angelic beings with powerful wings, and they were often depicted with multiple eyes, uh, very similar to some of the upper hierarchy of angels that we talk about, like seraphim, cherubim, some of those thrones. Um, so I thought that that was also very interesting. And yet, and just like you said, Justin, they have come to earth in order to help humanity evolve spiritually and technologically. So why are they constantly worried about our spiritual aspect when they're just supposed to be an advanced evolution that happened with technology and the fact that they were tied into the Sumerians and they looked very angelic by nature. But they also know that the, the tendencies of humans and other creatures can be controlled by religion and, and the word of God. And, and there, there is other useful, they may also believe in God or their version of what they think is, I think they just are know that that's a key point that you can get people to believe what you want to believe if they've already adopted something, right? You already can see that, hey, they follow Christ. So they try to like, I believe they try to weave in, whether it's a Christianity or whatever religion you want to play in that role, they weave it into their message so it can resonate better with people because they already know that mm -hmm. people will follow their preacher. They will follow their pastor. They will follow... You know, so that you get into that level, it's easier to manipulate people. And I think they have to use that as a tool. That's just my that's my spin on it. Why they push it so much. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's a deceptive aspect of it, too, though. I think you've got some of the ones that try to deter people from religion, but yet they still create their own religion and doing it. You know, Isaac Weishaupt talks about that all the time, the the that uh no religion is the new religion. So when these alien beings come, like mm -hmm. they are creating a religion and an aspect of this no religion that we are the gods. But that seems very fallen angel by nature. That's yeah. kind of what's happened throughout history. Um, well, there's this whole like science, like climate, mm -hmm. like religion thing that's going on right now where it's like, oh, we don't believe in any of this like paranormal or like uh, angelic beings, but science is everything. And they're stuck on mm -hmm. that, like not that science. And then they'll stuck with bad science and be like, oh, I got to right. follow it. It's still a belief system. No, I totally agree. And uh, this is really going to start moving into these next few because they seem to be really tied into a lot of like religious aspects or changing religion. I would say let's keep the alpha draconians and reptilians kind of in that same category because they kind of are in a way. There's different versions of all of them. Yeah. But let's kind of move into that, Justin. Do you want me to skip the next one or move down to the Alpha Draconians? Let's just move it into that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Alpha Draconians. All right. The Alpha Draconians and the Reptilians. But they, yeah, so, uh, well. We, oh, we my bad. Over, we skipped over the Anunnaki. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, go go to that. Yeah, all go right, to that. so Anunnaki. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. No, it's all good. I'm half asleep, so I'm not fighting very hard. <laughs> uh, the Anunnaki and my grandfather had a lot in common. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they both love gold. 
<laughs> Different reasons, but yeah. <laughs> if human beings were able to successfully colonize another planet, what would be the first thing we do? Oh, uh, we, we would pillage the resources, of course, which is exactly what the Anunnaki did when they arrived on Earth. Now, before I continue reading, th- this makes more sense than anything else we've ever read so far. That, yeah, when you get to a new place, I like all this stuff. Put it on the ship. Yeah. Let's take it home. They came from Planet X, a.k.a. Nibiru, which I'll talk about more here in a second, which is an almost mythical planet that some scientists believe rotates the sun in an extremely wide elliptical orbit as far expanse of space before coming back close to Earth and shaves or to a, shave, a close shave with the sun. This crazy elliptical orbit is what makes the presence so hard to prove. However, it's persistence that the Anunnaki has been noted down to the text that date back to the Mesopotamian culture. This is believed to be one of the alien races that contact Earth. Anyway, so Nibiru's last brush with the planet, its inner solar system, it crashed into another rock, resulting in a collision, created a planet that we now call Earth. While their planet has very few Anunnaki, or while the planet was a very few years old, or yeah, had an Anunnaki hop off to the world and onto ours. And such a yellow element they were convert or that they coveted called gold. So basically, yeah, just saying that they love the gold. Um, but like I've heard everything for the gold. Like they used it for their ship engines. They are actually putting it in their atmosphere. Fuel sources. Uh, yeah. Like all this kind of stuff. Now with Nibiru, there's actually uh, in the last like three years, it's been proven to exist and debunked like three times. So um, the Kuiper belt is the second belt of meteorites on the outside of the solar system out past Pluto uh, for everybody at home. There is something out there that we can see, and it's not like a super elliptical orbit like this is talking about, but basically what we're looking at is that we can watch the Kuiper belt because we have pictures like above and below the Earth. The reason we don't get them very good out to the side is because there's basically a big wall of rocks around like the little meteor belt. But there's something out there that every once in a while passes and you can see it pulling meteorites out the other way. So that means there's some kind of gravitational presence grabbing those rocks and yanking them back out into outer space. Everybody said it could be this planet, could be a gas giant, could be a brown dwarf, could be a black hole, there's all that kind of stuff. But that's just interesting to me that well before, like we assume people would know about it because, you know, ancient astronomers and ever, you can't see that with a telescope, you know, that's all readings and stuff like that. So that's just always something that interests me that there most definitely is a planet or planets out past that belt of meteorites. But it just is, that's just always fascinated me. Who knows? Maybe it is a super elliptical orbit. Like uh, what was the, uh, the rock that came through a couple years ago? Oh, a Muamua. Muamua. That was, if it wasn't a spaceship, people had to say, yeah, the elliptical orbit is uh, hundreds of light years or whatever wide. It's just crazy. But yeah, there's you go. There's your Anunnaki. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that Planet X thing because I've been tracking that the past few years too. And there's something huge out there. Um, it could play into what I talk about Planet Rahab being kind of the first setup shot for Lucifer. And once that got destroyed, he just moved out further. And if we're talking about, which I think the Anunnaki were fallen angels, that's just my take on it. I don't think they're Nephilim. And a lot of people said that they were. I don't think so. They came down here creating. They created the Gigi or a Gigi, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and then after that, 
classification of people after they kind of buck back against the Anunnaki than they quote unquote supposedly created uh, mankind. So I think that when you're looking at that aspect of it, um, I do think that maybe that plays more into what these Anunnaki are. Um, just in my opinion, they do look very huge and very uh, godlike in any of the descriptions or tablets in Sumerian culture. So I think that's maybe where we can go with um, that aspect of it. Um, what do you guys think? Hmm. Well, I always thought that, that um, ever since we were a kid, probably we were always taught in school that that there could be this mysterious planet, you know, what they call it in school, planet X, planet 13, or just, they always 13. gave it some something like that, or tw- I'm not 13, but something weird like that. When we were in high school, it was either eight, like there was nine planets, then eight planets. Then- I just assigned an extra number. But anyways, it was always a secret planet that was out there. And we still even, we still have yet to get a photo of it, but I think most of the photos we get from space aren't, aren't, necessarily true or authentic <laughs> but that's just me but um i'm with you i'm with you jay i don't think that it's all fake but i think that there's definitely a lot I of do fake like the bottom of the saucepan thing what that astronomer in sweden did like four or five years ago oh it took pictures of the bottom and said it was part it, of the I galaxy know it said it was planets it, and it, it yeah it just made me laugh but i mean and but i always had the <laughs> thought though of maybe if that planet d- d- did exist um, it exists in a different way of where uh, it's more of like a dimension that opens up mm. that might be open up in oh, space or in the sky. And only at certain times does it actually appear to us. And then that's where these Ooh. beings can jump through and come back and forth, like kind of like a portal opening. But um, that's what I always kind of envision um, Nibiru being. It's just another land, but it only opens at certain times when, you know, when the time is right, when all the planet quote unquote planets align it allows this portal to be opened from what if it's always open and it could be always open. so like uh some scientists theorize that it's not a planet it's a, a star called nemesis it's out there past the kuiper belt uh because of its gravitational pull and i'm for i'm one who firmly believes those portal, like portals like that are real and if it's one that big mm-hmm. i'm sure it has a hell of a gravitational pull Oh yeah, if it was that big, yeah. So it's just it just would make me think that if there is something massive like that sitting out there, that could explain it too. Because it's reacting with stuff in the solar system, like planets react as it passes and stuff like that. Mm. So it's mm. and you just can't see it because the way like everything wants to sit on the equator, the equator, the equatorial line, that it's like it's so hard to look down the row. It's like standing in a cornfield; you can look up, but you can't look like down very far. So I don't know. Maybe there's just tons out there. It's like the, uh, oh, like the crazy ice wall theory with all the rings. Yeah, yeah, just extra lands outside. Yeah, but you just can't see past your own wall that you're in. Right, yeah. You're in your own little. Mm. There you go, flat earth. You're in your own little dome. Except face, space is flat. Space is flat. New theory. Flat space. <laughs> flat, flat space. space. That's there you the go, new flat one. Earth through your bone. <laughs> <laughs> ah, flat space. There you go. Everybody can get their butt cheeks tight. Flat space. Hey. I heard that uh, if you look on the flap of uh, Jane Clone 73.3, <laughs> you can see the flat earth model. That's look what at I'm, around. Around. I'm hiding. Yeah, it's, I'm hiding secret plans in, in my hatches. <laughs> I'll turn around when I'm ready. <laughs> in plain sight, man. People just got to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So let's move into this alpha draconian reptilian kind of phase right here, Justin. All right. 
So I'm not going to read these ones word for word. But Alpha Draconians are just like the massive versions of the reptilians. Uh, mm. They can be 22 foot tall. They can have wings like dragons. Uh, some of them, like, it depends on really who you talk to, but they're just monster, muscle, or like muscular beings. Uh, some people say very dinosaur like. Some people say very dragon like. Uh, the reptilians are very similar, but they live on Earth and mostly underground, and they're smaller. And mo- they don't have the special extra abilities like the wings. Uh, people report them being able to spit venom or corrosive acids and stuff like that for the alpha draconians. So the alpha draconians, so it depends really on who you listen to. The original story mm-hmm. is that they evolved on Earth with the dinosaurs. Like they were part of that time frame. And then some of them left and came back, and then the, some of them stayed the whole time. The, al- or the reptilians are the ones that stayed the whole time, waited it out. The alpha draconians are the ones that like went out start conquering space and evolving, evolving, evolving. Uh, and then, so when the Alpha Draconians came back, the Reptilians kind of became their second-class citizens. Hmm. Uh, they're not good. They eat mm-hmm. kids. They eat people. Uh, they'll eat you while they're talking. Like, they'll eat people while they're talking to you. <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the guys from uh, on Futurama, like the big aliens that kind of just yeah. eat everybody. But they're kind of nice at times. But Gur. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The Conqueror Perseon 6. Omicron Percy I eight. Omicron Percy I eight. Yeah, yeah. The Mutuals of Omicron was their TV show about wildlife. Oh, okay. well, remember they 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 had to come down because they were eating all their babies. Remember? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like little <laughs> shrimp bites. <laughs> it just always like. Speaking <laughs> of which, Futurama's about to come back. Yeah. I know. Really. They got the whole cast. They finally Brand got news season. They finally got Bender to agree. So more soft disclosure coming. Oh, oh there's no, gonna so- be plenty of it coming with that. The reptilians are always a weird one because, like, we have like well, a lot of cryptids like it, and it's funny. There was a book when I had as a kid that took like animals like Troodon and stuff like that. These dinosaurs, in where like if they let's say they didn't go extinct, they kept evolving into uh, these human reptiles, and it's just like was the creepiest picture I ever seen. If I can find that book, I'll find it. But if everybody, everybody's seen it. It's like that lizard with the giant eyes, like the lizard man. You know, and it might be creepy because it's like stuck in our human oh, consciousness yeah. like from the uh, past. genetic fears yeah like why most people are scared of snakes and spiders and dark spaces mm-hmm. uh because of genetic fear right your ancestors have were so scared for so long about those things well also or you're scared because they'll they'll bite you <laughs> and they have venom like <laughs> now it's like a pretty rational no. fear to me they're just they're just big lizards just throw them a rat you gotta keep rats in your pocket <laughs> well my thing about lizards is they they're just like you know, a dog like kind of knows, like, hey, I'm not gonna bite you. Like a lizard has just lives it like its instincts, like, hey, I gotta do this, but sorry. Like they have they're no very smart. conscience whatsoever. They're just gonna eat. No, they're, they're trainable. Like, yeah, they're trainable. Calm down. They don't got a heart, man. They, they got love. no heart, bro. <laughs> they love. You've never seen a mother crocodile care for her offspring so gently. One of the most dangerous sets of jaws on the planet, and she gently carries your babies to the river. Now, but a cool th- or a weird thing about the like the alpha draconians reptilians, this whole kind of image of them being very very humanoid is kind of newish, at least for our culture. Uh, the original reptilians that were seen in alien abductions and stuff like that were lizards that were upright. Everybody that seen them described them as basically you took a komodo dragon tail and all and had it stand up and walk around in a suit. That sometimes like a jacket or whatever. And then there was a tipping point. It was after Travis Walton's. Uh, that they started looking very much more human. And I, that could be, I don't know if it's the zeitgeist, like forming everything to be humanoid. 
But like when he experienced Travis Walton experienced his reptilians, they were three Komodo dragons that were walking up right chasing him. That's exactly how he's like. They didn't look like people. They look like three big lizards that were chasing me. So that's just mm. some weird thing. And then you look at like the serpentine people of all these ancient cultures. A lot of times they didn't look like there's a couple that look like humans, like they even had breasts, but the lizard heads or whatever. But most of them were these monster, like upright lizard creatures, not this like human-ish thing. I don't know. That's just my little bit. Before. No, they started maybe like interbreeding and cloning. Maybe that's why we get so so much stuff. Mm. That, that's why everything looks the same. Like you guys were saying, maybe the reason is, is they're crossbreeding so much that a lot of it now looks the same as if we go throughout history. There was probably a lot of different types that you would see, but now they're molding it because it's obviously whether it's frequency or cloning or any of those things, they want to be in the best form. That's going to get their message across and a big ass Komodo <laughs> dragon, man, uh, in a suit. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I don't know what you guys, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm going to be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, sit down, sir. And tell me more. You were talking about the uh, the evolution of how people view the Alpha Draconians. And I also think, too, they have this, uh, the, the Council of Thuban. And Thuban is actually a Islamic dragon as well. So I thought that was kind of weird. I was digging around in dragons, and it's actually a the name of an Islamic dragon um, in the Quran. Um, also, uh when you start digging into what people think about Alpha Draconians now, uh, there's a medium, Wes Penry, and he wrote this uh, paper called The Alpha Draconians and the Creation of the Star Human or Star Seed. You know, we start getting down that road. And they're talking about Alpha Draconians now like to connect to people and they possess, they soul possess the body in where an original soul already dwells. So say you reincarnated into from this other's past soul that they can read that because they know because they've been around for so long that they'll be easily able to connect to your body and then auto talk or auto write through you to do that. So I've, I, you know, we're talking about the evolution of how people view it. Well, here we are, we're moving it into the spiritual realm again of what these alpha draconians can do. But if you look even throughout history, man, of dragon gods, um, Aida Wedo, who was a rainbow serpent god in Haiti, was half human, half reptilian. You've got a lot of these gods that weren't just um, super lizard by nature either, either throughout history. So it, I think it's, I think it depends on the culture and it depends on what we're moving into. This is where I go to this whole thing that they're the same thing, that they're just manifesting differently 100%. to who they're meeting with and the time period. So this goes back to whether you want to call it frequency like Sean, then be able to manipulate the frequency around them to look a certain way, or they're actually shape-shifting into these certain things. I think that's what they're doing. And I think all, a lot of these areas, aliens that we're talking about today are all manifesting from the same source. I think they're just uh -huh. reading us out and seeing who they can connect with. If you got these guys, these mediums who are ready to go and they're super open to letting something take over them, um, they'll, they're going to manifest a certain way. And this is what this guy was talking about, this Wes Penry, when he connected to this, he became an avatar to this draconian he, he did it through the birth of Gaia.com. So these people are going to these sites and they're opening themselves up to these 
you know, whether it's a, a Discord or whether it's a Skype call or whatever to whoever they're talking to, and then they're letting these entities take over them, and then they're telling them whatever that they want to hear, or whatever this thing is telling them they're believing. So I think these alpha draconians have been around for a long or at time. Least they're telling us that this, because also there is this like middle ground of some of the things like are like they're just lying bro like you know what i'm saying they're just oh, making yeah, things up sure. i believe yeah. just oh, yeah. for money like there's a lot of that that yes. that aspect's always going to be in it absolutely but i, I am going to go back to like what i was saying earlier and i do really subscribe to this because even if you just talked about the draconians and the reptilians and all that it goes back to the different types of angels so if you go from the fallen with the anunnaki then you can look at like the reptilians and the uh draconians as some kind of nephilim you know what i'm saying like that kind of makes mm -hmm. that it kind of connects it to where angel alien like it's the same thing because there are, are these different types that's why maybe we see some that are actually to protect us those are the guardian angels the ones that are like there to guide us or you know what i mean like i think that huh. it depends on how we look at this I think you can look at it as a, a angelic point of view because there's a lot of different types of angels. There's a lot of different types. Of, uh, and it's almost like the same amount number that we're talking. I mean, I know there's probably other different types of aliens, but the, what is there, like seven, eight types of different angels or something like that? And that's kind of what we're touching on. And they all have different characteristics and roles they play. Nine, nine. And they, they have different roles they play. And they're playing these roles similar to what we're calling these extraterrestrials. So I think, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. the word extraterrestrial works both ways. Like you said, that's probably the best way to say it. But it reminded me, like I said, Anunnaki, fallen angels, draconian reptilians, the Nephilim. It, it just kind of goes hand in hand because the reptilians too, we, they, they were talked about not just being human. We talk about the human giants, but... It, it, to, to Justin's point too, if you're having like a Komodo dra a giant Komodo dragon in a mm. suit per se, that is also a Nephilim, probably bloodline. Mm. Oh, I love that. Kinky yeah, Nephilim. For sure. I think there's that piece of it because we know that fallen angels had sex with animals and they created hybridizations mm -hmm. off of that too. So I think there's different versions of everything. You know, we talk about Bigfoot being a myriad of different things. It's the same thing. I think when we're looking at yeah. the flesh and blood aspects of it, for sure. And I think if a metaphysical being can have sex with something that's physical, then that progeny would be something of a mix between the two would have some sort of metaphysical abilities as well as physical abilities as well so yeah no i completely agree with you on that man which kind of moves us into these weird things the next two before we get into the lovely grays like the nomos uh talk about that this is a weird one i don't even know what to do with the nomos uh so here's what the article says some alien species choose to interact with certain tribes on Earth, and they just happen to get along with better. The Scandinavians have the Nordics, and the dra or, and the dragons, a tribe indigenous to the uh, Mila in North Africa, have the Nomo, who hailed from the brightest star in our sky, Sirius. The dragons knew for centuries before modern scientists that Sirius was actually made up of three stars, even knowing how long it took for Sirius B to go around Sirius A. Uh, considering that they had, or they were millennia away from inventing any kind of device powerful enough to see Sirius close up, it makes sense that they had visitors from a, a, that section of the galaxy who told them about it. Now, there, there's this whole uh, galactic command flying. Like, there's all whole kinds of stuff with this thing. I don't know how much we want to go into that. I just, it's on there. Uh, 
I'm going to let you take this one, Joel. This is a little over my pay grade. Yeah, th- what I got <laughs> from the whole Nomos thing, one, depending on the depiction, they remind people a lot of mermaids. I know mm-hmm. that they're fish-like creatures. Uh, a lot of them were depicted in folk art depictions with humanoid upper torsos and then legs, feet, and fish-like with the torso and tail. So mm-hmm. it, it reminded me a lot of the mermaids. Uh, so if we're looking at it from that aspect, maybe there's a physical aspect to it. But just the way that the uh, doggone religion works of the people of Mali, it seemed like it was it was more about spirits and it was more about uh, the nomos being referred to as like a group of beings. They were monitors and the teachers, the masters of the water. So yeah, they had a understanding of the cosmos that a lot of groups and tribes and stuff they didn't have so i think it's very similar to what you would seen in uh egyptian culture sumerian culture where they have this advanced knowledge of astrology or astronomy however you want to word it you know even with the mayans having this like advanced knowledge i think it was just these were what these you know beings manifested to them and they played into this, we're also from the cosmos, but we're coming from the water. Um, but the way that I understood that the Mali looked at them, they were more like uh, demi-deities is kind of how they looked at them. I think just in recent culture, people that started studying them went back and said, hey, they had to be meeting with aliens because they were teaching them about the stars. So I think that's kind of going into that ancient alien uh, theorization that people have too. So I don't know how much of it was really tied into space, but more so in later years where you've got the ancient astronaut theorists that think that every deity is an alien and there's no such thing as God. So I think that's mm-hmm. maybe where that came from. Ancient astronaut theorists say yeah. yes. <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time. Could it be? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I woke up this morning, I, I did look like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hands were stuck forward. My hair was about eight foot tall. Yeah, uh, it is. I th- I thought there was going to be like an alimony check coming or something like that. He's had all kinds of problems. Man, it is kind of funny though how all these even ancient tribes, you know, these beings all say they're from you know space or a certain star system. Like it's an overlying yeah. theme that even happens to modern times now. No, mm-hmm. leave them be. No, they're just telling where they come from. What? Wouldn't you? And speaking of avian, we can move into this avian, the other weird looking aliens, because these last, these, these, the last one and this one are are kind of the ones that deviate from this humanoid Mm -hmm. uh, view. So if uh, you want to break down these uh, avian, the blue avians, the blue avians, these type of aliens known as space alliances have been known since ancient Egypt and have been said to be involved in the construction of some ancient Egypt ar- or, um, architecture. And they are eight foot tall and they ha- resemble that of a blue humanoid bird. They tend to speak telepathically and tend to make introductions through dreams using uh, forms of sign language. Do you know why they do this, Jay? Why sign language? Yeah, because they're freaking language. Like when they talk, it scares people so much. I got a story about this later. Uh, they have been used, they use lights and fit through physical touch to communicate as well. They typically make physical taunt contact after they have invited to appear in physical reality. They are a blue sphere as a form of transportation and can teleport at or, or te- teleport at will on Earth. Unlike the variations of other alien species, they do not abduct humans 
and do not have any in, or intentions on invasion. I don't believe any of that uh, because if they were just abducting them and not releasing them, we wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, these things are, there's the Haydensville insanity bird which is a giant blue bird-like creature that came out of like an orb. Uh, mm. And it was, they, this guy describes it as being like, he's like, it was like a giant biological mechanical bird. And mm. it was like inflating and deflating all this stuff. And then it tried to talk to him. It said his name first. And then it sounded like metal factory sounds mixed with organic, like whale noises and stuff like that. And it drove him insane. Not really. He went crazy for a couple of days. Like he had a mental breakdown. And then the bird inflated and left. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so people say that may have been one of these blue avians trying to actually talk, talk. And that's probably why they don't do it is that if you want to believe any of this stuff is that their language, their form of actual language is probably so different that it's actually disturbing to us, which makes sense. We talk about on our show all the time, like infrasound. You know, these big mammals using infrasound to communicate, but it literally causes humans to commit suicide. Or, yeah, there's that. Or if you just even hearing people like talk in tongues, it's really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. When they're just speaking that, it's just creepy. So, yeah. So I can see why if you had the ability to use telepathy, that may be an easier thing. And then why they meet in dreams is that their appearance... So I've heard this like blue avian thing, but they they have like a lot more weirdness with their appearance. Like... That they're partially mechanical or stuff like that, that they may be having, they may be much more shocking to look at than most of these other guys. Mm. So it's kind of nice to have that little warm introduction beforehand before you see a half bird, half machine. So is, is that why they created Twitter? Yes. <laughs> so they were able blue to avians. get a little bit better. <laughs> these blue avians, though, kind of remind me of the stories we hear of the government like with the MKUltra programs yeah. and different programs where they do claim that some alien abductions are not actual alien abductions, but getting into your dreams or like oh, yeah. when they get into that, what's that? The voice of God technology and things of that nature mm. where they're getting in and hacking, pretty much hacking your human brain and making you have this memory of you going into outer space and being probed or whatever the heck they want. And they're really just, and this, it's it's a new form of like alter. That's what this particular race that they're talking about reminds mm-hmm. me of the government experiments on people. That they, I think that's why like some of the things of where they say they're abducting people, it's not always believed because it is not real right on some on some counters because it's government programs like doing hundred uh, percent projects. That. We have a Daryl Sims been on the show several times now, the Alien Hunter, but he's talked about abductions where like people are observing the quote unquote abduction and like the guy's still in the car, but he's having a whole abduction phenomena happen to him. But other witnesses, including a camera, he's there the whole time. But even like the camera picked up weird stuff happening around him in the car with him. So it's like, there's, there's Mm. some signal like evidence that he's actually experiencing something, but is everybody else looking in and he's like, you know, he just sat in his car staring up. And he's having this whole abduction experience where he's getting pulled out of the car and he's going up to a ship and all that stuff. So I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but I do. I will say, though, that these are tracked back all the way to Egyptian times. So maybe it evolved from this Egyptian thing that was happening to those people during that time because when they were seen in Egypt, they were eight foot tall, um, indigo blue, violet feathers. They actually were said to help build a lot of the things that were built in Egypt. And I don't know how much of that's 
true or these were actually fallen angels that were masquerading as these blue avians. Um, but what's interesting though, um, one of the main blue avians was called Ra and it apparently came from the third density from 2.6 billion years ago. And this is, this is the blue avians that are in contact with people. Now they're saying they're having these psychic connections with these uh, blue avians. Mm -hmm. This main one's called Ra, which is, I thought it's interesting. It comes from Egypt. And when you talk about the symbol of mm -hmm. Ra and even the symbol of Horus, you're talking about the eye, the eye of the pyramid, um, all that stuff ties in. Um, and again, going to what Sean said too, they introduce themselves first though to you in a lucid dream. So how much of it's real, how much of it's manufactured, we don't know. But I do think that when you were talking about entities, they do tend to get into your lucid dreams a lot too. So it's kind of a weird blue area. But you could do this in ancient Egypt as well. I mean, like they have all these psychedelics that have been around forever. So it's it's fair to say that they the way this whole thing started was like just people trying to take control. And I've always believed in 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 the push for this whole extraterrestrial narrative of all oh, like oh they built the pyramids, they built this, it must be fallen angels. I've always thought that was just to take a shot at human beings, that we're not capable right. of doing things like, oh, they're not smart enough. There's no way they can figure it out. But then if you look at like how water's pressurized, if you, you can pressurize water so much that it can pretty much cut through anything. Take out the hardest material in the oh, world. Oh, it'll win. It so diamonds water wins. Exactly, it could cut diamonds. So I think that that's always like in my thoughts. So obviously that's like one of my biases is because I'm always thinking they're trying to downplay us as human beings. I think there is definitely extraterrestrials, but as far as them like doing everything and we're just like, oh, at their will. I think that's where I, I sometimes kind of question it. If we're done with avians, before we move on to the big guy, I have two honorable mentions. Sweet. I was going to say just one thing about uh, the blue skin wasn't Osiris the Egyptian god blue skinned is that is that my remember that right so, yeah um, he's not really avian but I don't know if there's a weird connection there or not but just thought I'd bring that up and to Sean's point too this I think it's just that weird gray area too right I think these fallen angels were helping with these civilizations but I also think humans were doing it with technology that we don't have access to now or a different type of technology so I think mm -hmm. humans were building these things. Now, what you want to throw into the mix too is giants. So if giants are working for humans or they were working together, you, you got a big dude that can lift a sure. bunch of shit too. So you got that going on as well. I think it's a combination of all of it. I think you mm -hmm. got to look at when you're looking at uh, human beings, I think they do try to downgrade us uh, from where we are at because we're supposed to look to these UFOs, look to these ETs to save us because they're the ones that built our cultures. We we weren't smart enough to do it ourselves. I do mm -hmm. agree. I do agree with that, Sean. I, but I do think there's a middle ground too. I think they were also super involved back then because when you're looking at technology back then being different than now, all of them had access to it. So they were all kind of doing it together. Well, it's so, probably simplified like of technology. Like said, that's very... See, when we, I think that's a part of the problem is we think of it in the perspective of today's technology and like, yeah, well, we're like, oh, it has to be a crane. It has to be, could have been what I'm minds. saying is it could be something, yeah, or not even, like even simpler. Like it could be like a little tool you put on the water and it, hey man, you put this thing over the water spout and it fucking puts so much pressure. You know yeah, what I mean? Lifting something tons. to them that would be, yeah, exactly. Something so simple like that they figured out. And plus, if you just look at pulley systems, like they were, they were smart, like. 
humans will always find a way, mm-hmm. man. You see it time and time when you put them in a box and they have nothing else to do. And that's like I say, when the, even when you're talking about like them painting uh, the, the roof, like the, the 17 Chapel and like the, the Da Vinci stuff, they had nothing but time, right. man. Like there is no internet. There is no hobbies. There is no other life. Your job, your passion, that's what you're doing all day, every day. You're going to find ways to do it a lot faster then, and and I think the extraterrestrials maybe they play a part in or or the fallen angels like kind of giving us you know different like hey this is what life is or philo- philosophy like more than anything else that's what I think they presented because that's how they could control us like building a pyramid is is not really putting it that's not benefiting them but showing us religion or showing yeah, us absolutely. how we can group people together and how we can control masses of people through just words I think that would be what they played the role in making, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Not saying that there can't be both sides for sure. I'm just that's just my opinion. To the it. comment of humans being able to do it, there's those guys. I think they're in Nevada. They use all the Egyptian stuff and they move 72 ton rocks by themselves. Just two guys. They use this pulley and like this lever system. You literally see this guy like push down in this rock the size of a small house. Just starts raising. And he's talking about like they just put like you can walk these rocks with these systems, and you know these rocks are this he- you know heavy as heavy as a semi, and they're just two guys are we we and then they're crawling these giant rocks across the <laughs> desert. Ready for some honorable mentions? Let's hear the honorable mentions, man. The secrets. All right, the orca people. So these are these kind of remind me of the mermaid guys, but they're a little different. Uh, this is for Jay's blackface aliens and blackface. Mm. They appear to be very like humanoid-ish fish kind of people. They have jet black slimy skin. Uh, when they abduct, it's their versions of adop- abductions are more of an invitation. They invite you back up to their ship where you pretty much see it's just like at a giant aquarium. They lure you into the water and they turn into like orca dolphin being type creatures. Now, for all of our f- listeners with families and stuff like that, this is the part where... I need you to skip ahead a couple minutes. Here's your warning. Here's your warning. Here's your warning. Trigger warning. Now, the slime on their skin, the second you touch it, you have the hardest tra- like orgasm ever. So like so hard. The people that report this, literally it shatters like their psyches. Like they have problems with their life afterwards. It like gets rid of your ego. Like it's like a mushroom trip mixed with an orgasm. And a lot of times, like, the aliens let you, like, touch them and stuff like that. Like, they are very feminine or very masculine. Uh, and, like, well, sometimes they have both. Like, today. Uh, so, it's just weird stuff. They're, they're really weird. And they've been seen a lot. And then they, like, always apologize. And then they kind of kick you out, like, a one-night stand. <laughs> Just they, super weird. They're the the originators of Netflix, Netflix and chill. Like they started <laughs> Aquarium and chill. Uh, Aquarium and chill. So what's, yeah. Any quick thoughts on those guys? Same thing. I think you're looking at whatever is that can manifest to someone that would love for that to happen. Again, they're back to the sex again, back to mm-hmm. some sort of orgasm, pleasure, it seems to be feeding on our uh, 
energy just base nature yeah our base energies and i think maybe they feed off of that kind of stuff you know looking at entities that like that they're probably feeding off us you know getting off on touching their slimy skin (laughs) (laughs) and extras sounds like venom sounds like venom from uh marvel (laughs) my last honorable mention before we get to the grays is the only one on this list i could believe are real extraterrestrials as in the true sense of the word alien, you know, they're from somewhere else in our own galaxy or whatever. It's the giant crabs with beards. And only because of carcinization here on Earth, everything turns into crabs. It's happened like 11 different times in Earth's history. But no, it's like there's been a lot of reports for a long time of people. They don't abduct people. They do not like people. They do not care to inter- or like inter- like hang out with people. Almost all every time people meet them, it's on accident, and they're here for like mining resources and gathering stuff. Like Earth's like a pit stop to refill some of their water and like get some resources. So every time people are around, like they don't want to be around people, they don't want nothing to do with people, mm. but they're like look like big crabs with a like not like a human face, but more of an emotional face than like what crabs have in like this beard like structure underneath their mouth. So like dwarf. Crab like dwarfs is in like middle like Middle Earth dwarfs and like crabs had a baby. Now they're reported like <laughs> visiting here. Oh yeah, they're here a lot. Like how did they get here? On on their ships, like this is like according to like a lot of people that run into them, that Earth happens to be one of their stopping points on like a travel route. Okay, so like they need resources and stuff like that. So Earth's kind of one of the ports where they know we can get some kind of organic food. We can get salt water. And we can get these minerals. Hmm. Interesting. And like every time it's like hikers find them in like a hole and they're like, ah, crap. Crab people. And then they try to eat. Yeah. Not really. Like most of the time they just like try like they try to scare people off and stuff Scurry like that. Away. Didn't they have that in South yeah. Park? Didn't they have that in South mm. Park? <laughs> Except these guys are massive. They're not the little ones you can yeah, kick yeah. to death, and that's why they have to weaken no, yeah, them I'm in. I'm looking at this right here. They're they're huge. Like some of these are like like literally car size. Even yeah. bigger, some of them. It looks like yacht yeah. size, like or or carnival cruise ships like, so size. Like yeah, so they are like it's just one of the ones that all the stories around them make more sense than like the stuff we're talking about as far as biological entities, as in like they're here for biological needs to travel through space, and they don't want anything to do with us, and then once they get what they need, they leave. So every interaction seems forced by humans. So basically it's like Zoeberg. Yeah. Okay. Makes Except sense. Aggressive. <laughs> yeah. He can be aggressive. <laughs> I've seen it. All right. That's it for crab people. What do you guys think? What's your thoughts? I think it's interesting. They might be my new favorite ones. They're yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I think they're pretty cool, man. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't done enough digging in to like really see like what interactions but if what you're saying is true where it's just literally hey we're just coming to get some resources bouncing out they might really be something else from somewhere else because to me it seems like that would be more plausible than the constant hey they always kind of look like us or the grays like they're just some version of that right that's my big thing is that life would form all kind life on this planet has formed if we look at the other intelligent life forms from earth whales primates octopus and birds none of those organisms look similar 
So why would all these aliens from all these other planets look so freaking similar when our own intelligent species from our own biological tree don't look alike at all? So that's my big problem with like, it's all, they're, they're all humanoid. They're all literally, and then there's the whole side of it, I guess, the convergent evolution that this body plan happens to be very beneficial for space travel, which I guess makes sense when you're looking at a whale, even though a whale's intelligent, they can't manipulate a lot of technologies. Like they can't build mm-hmm. stuff, uh, but an octopus could. Birds could. Octopus more than birds for sure. I don't know. The ravens and the octopus are going to have to battle it out after we go extinct. They are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but then it's 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 the fun one. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it, man. I got a lot of good stuff on these guys. The Grays. Yay. <laughs> oh, we're so excited. The Grays come from a star system known as Zeta Reticuli, which if I hear that word one more time, I'll probably put my head to the wall. The star system located somewhere in the south, uh, yeah, southern constellation hemisphere is thought to be one of the alien races that contact Earth very regularly. At a little over 40 light years away, this particularly is a close neighbor. The type of neighbors that uh, conveniently forget to invite you over for their dinner parties. If we were to pick up one particular race of the cosmos to call it the bad guys, this would definitely be these guys. Uh, tall and humanoids with long heads, distinctly great features, are also more commonly depicted as life forms in our media, or the beings that are most commonly described as alien abductees in the return to Earth. So this, this article's can like doing both the tall grays and the short grays as kind of one thing because they're seen together so often. The grays have the greatest tendency to involve in alien abductions and they stockpile human remains. They think of Earth as the way that we think of a chicken farm, just brimming with genetic material that they, can, they can't wait to get their hands on. When the Earth is picked up as a juicy section and is taken home, or when the Earthling is picked up, it's a juicy selection and is taken home to do cosmo, or cosmic only know what's one of the off chances that they're not happy with their selection and they bring you back and choose another. You better hope they don't like you. Yeah. No. So like the grays are just monsters. They're uncaring. So the little grays, these little guys are gray, big olive eyes, black, like unfeeling, very robotic. Uh, Most people either think that they are drones, like organic drones or that they are, their species happens to be, if they are, you want to believe they're real aliens, their species happens to be much more ant-like that where it's more of a collective consciousness versus an individual that the individual is really not a thing for this the species, but it's all like one thing uh, or it's the drones. Like they just don't care because they're basically an organic robot. The tall grays are a little different. They look kind of similar, but a lot of times they are said to have pupils. Like you, like everybody knows the grays are just big black voids for their eyes. But these guys have pupils. Uh, most of the time, they have like wrinkles in their skin. When the gray, the short grays, they're really like taunt, like robotic skin. Uh, and they're the ones seen bossing orders around. Like to see a tall gray is very rare. Like most of the time, they're just coming in, they bark orders, and they leave. Uh, all the stories I've ever heard that involve a tall gray are much worse than just having the grays, because that means your grays are screwing everything up. So the the manager has to come in and yell at everybody. Well, there you go. That's my little bit on the grays. These are the worst things. If you see a gray, you're pretty much done. I will add one thing before I give it up. These have, there's a common report that reading scripture will scare these. Like they back off. They physically revolt. 
from anybody reading scripture. There's been people on spaceships that have said the same thing that like they back up, like they get away people in bedrooms, uh, all this kind of stuff. So that's just one thing I wanted to throw out there. There you go. Have fun. Yeah, man. I, first off, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, it's been reported by not just what you would consider to be Christians that this is happening though, but ufologists have constantly talked about this, man. And it's funny too about a lot of these ufologists. They keep saying that because they are saying they're from another planet, the more that they're looking into it, that they're not really. There's too many paranormal aspects to it. And even the ships a lot of times seem to be moving in and out of different dimensions or out of the ocean. Uh, John Keel, who's a big ufologist, talks about how the UFOs do not seem to exist as tangible manufactured objects. They do not conform to the natural laws of our environment. They seem to be nothing more than transmorgifications tailoring themselves to our abilities to understand. Uh, the thousands of contacts with entities indicate that they are liars and put on artists. Um, the UFO manifestations seem to be by the large, merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomenon so he even he says they're even tied into like vampire myths of the middle ages so even the ufologists who really want to buy into this alien are here to help us agenda that don't really believe in the bible are having to now look at it a little bit differently where they're like man you know what i don't believe in the bible but man the bible's got something strong going on against these things you talk about people that get abducted and they scream out the name of Yeshua or Jesus and these things back off and run away. You hear about that all the time too. So yeah, there's something going on there. And when it comes to the grays, uh, we don't even have to go down that road. People go and listen to past podcasts, but you know how I feel about them. I think they could be meat sack entities that are built for uh, Nephilim hosts or, or the spirits of the Nephilim to engage with, to bring these people back to the fallen angels to create these new version Nephilim that I think we'll see in the future. Now, in saying that, I've got a really cool story about that actual thing happening. And there is this chick, let me get to her name here. Uh, Giovanna Pada is her name. And she came forward in 20, 2010 with a very bizarre alien abduction story. And she was on multiple sites. She even had pictures of what looked like an aborted half gray, half human that came out. And I've actually seen it. It's just as disgusting as your face looks right mm -hmm. now, Justin. Uh, and I'm not good with like fetuses and stuff anyway, but this was kind of wild. But the story goes, she had her first alien abduction at the age of four. And these gray aliens performed an artificial insemination on her 18 times after that throughout her life. So they would impregnate her. And then two months later, like I've been screaming for I don't know how long, they would come back and take the um, fetus away. And she said that they would grow them in artificial tanks. Mm -hmm. And she's actually seen them growing in these artificial tanks as well. And again, she was on Italian TV. Uh, about this story and she's been on multiple stories and people have grilled her to the up and down and they said listen if she's lying then i just don't see how they're thinking more that she's either got to be delusional or it's the truth because it's just too 
uh, it's just too real and how she's described the aliens. And she said also, which I find fascinating and we haven't talked about on this show yet, but the reptilians were actually in several of these instances with the gray aliens. And we don't talk about that enough either where the gray, where the reptilians will be with the grays in a lot of these abductions and these artificial inseminations. But she said the very similar thing to what we've always said that there's a certain coldness to them. Uh, they don't have any morals. There's no good or bad to them outside of the fact that they do tend to talk about how Jesus wasn't real and they bring up the Bible a lot. Um, and again, I just think this plays into really these guys are the big bads. These are the ones that they may be in conjunction with the other ones and the other ones are kind of the false truth or like, hey, we're good, but these guys are bad. But I, I agree with you, man. I The more I've dug into a lot of these abduction stories, and there's even guys that have said that they've abducted them, taken their sperm, created some sort of hybrids um, with the sperm, and they've seen the kids. They, they'll they'll re-abduct them again just to show them these hybrid 100%. kids and then bring them back down to earth, mm -hmm. which is really crazy, man. Like, why why are they constantly doing this? Torture. Um, you know, I've got my theories about it, but yeah, I, I I think they're definitely, there's nothing good about them. There's also a, a, a strong belief that people think that they're a genderless society from the future that has been coming back. And there is evidence of that. Like, so there's almost like genderless technocrats that are from the future that have some say like, Hey, you guys are going the wrong route because, and we have evidence to what is going on every day with this whole gender dysphoria, gender identity I, it is something that I kind of ponder sometimes is like, well, are they some genderless? Are they us, but evolved into this new genderless where they're like, let's go back, man. We messed up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, let's try to fix it. Sean, I've got a really good one for you, man. I've been saving this for you. And I ran across this when I was doing research. I was like, man, Sean's going to love this. Because I know how you love how we can tie in aliens and all that into the geopolitical world, right? And I do think mm -hmm. you're right. I think there is a push to connect the two. We always say everything's connected here. Like, there's no thread that's not connected. And this is a really wild one, man. This is good. So this was an actual NBC article about alien-human hybrids and climate change. It, it, it gets better, guys. It really does get ah. better. So there is a instructor at the University of Oxford in England, and he has been doing all of these seminars, and he's been teaching his students that abductions are real. Young Hei Chi, and he teaches Korean at the university. He claims to know what these gray aliens have in mind. He said that they're creating alien-human hybrids, hybrids as a hedge against climate change. <laughs> it, it gets better. He says that the growing number of abductees cataloged by him shows the increase in atmospheric greenhouse gases. He, he's attached them to these atmospheric greenhouse gases. He says that it doesn't imply a cause and effect. The abduction experience is not responsible for global warming. Rather, it's a reaction to it. The extraterrestrials are producing hybrids that can better withstand the rigors of a toastier planet. So that's what they're doing, guys. They're just building hybrids mm. so we can combat climate change. That's what they're for. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's all they're doing. They're here to that's help. That's so positive. It's On that <laughs> note, you all have a good night. <laughs> so you figured it out. It's just easy. So to fight to fight cow farts, we must hybridize with an alien race to better withstand it. Then we can have cow farms.
They brought that up in the article. You're joking right that's now, so, but they did bring up. That's that why aliens hate cows. Yes. That's it. They hate the wow. cow farts. That's why they're mutilating them. They're mutilating cows <laughs> for climate change. <laughs> and they're leaving the mutilated cow out to show you to know, show like the other cow stop like farting. A, yeah, you have a fly and you swat it. You leave it on the wall like, hey, the next fly that comes, you know, it's like, what happens? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It's the same thought. Charred remain of a cow. I've got another really good one before we hightail it out of here. And I knew about this several years ago. And this is that part too. If you got small children, back away for about two or three minutes. But I thought it was funny. We talk about soft disclosure. I see uh, J-Clone 73.3 lighten up when I said that. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about soft disclosure. And we talk about feeding people's depravities but also connecting it to these weird things. So there was a device that was created in 2015. I remember somebody doing like an old Instagram like post about this. It's called the uh, Avapositor. Oh, yeah. It's one of the newest sexual fetish fetishes of the time. And it's basically a device that looks like an alien dick swinging and it is used <laughs> to lay eggs up inside of a woman. Now, the eggs are actually created by the woman because they dissolve inside of them, but it's supposed to artificially inseminate a alien egg inside of you. It's supposed to be like a sexual pleasure thing. So I thought that was funny that they created this thing to feed this idea to get people okay with the fact that, hey, I've got these fantasies about aliens taking me. Let me do something about it. So it's creating this, this false uh, pleasure that's out there to maybe make it okay with people in the future to be okay with the real thing. Yeah, so ovipositors are real, like real things in nature. Like a lot of animals have ovipositors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've seen. There's actually a new video of one. Uh, I can't remember what show it was on. It's one of the British TV shows where they kind of explore like the weirdness of of society. I heard it ends with hub. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, it's but the one like they had that one that was like the eggs were like almost baseball sized. Yeah, like, that's going like, and it would put like thirteen of them in. Yeah, it's just like I don't. Well, it's whatever. It's wild, but man. To the other side of that, Wait. that there are so many people that feel like they're the lucky ones to be abducted by the Greys and stuff mm. like that. There's all these people like, oh yeah, I'm special. I'm chosen. And so, like, no, you got chosen for torture and molestation. <laughs> well, that's not what I heard though. They're not just here for climate change. It's uh, extraterrestrial drag story time. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Get that in the libraries pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I got two short gray stories for you. Uh, or actually, I guess it's just, it's one, it's one. So, do you, have you guys ever heard about the Clinton abductions? No, mm -hmm. I don't think I've heard about you the Clinton You two have abductions. never heard of the, the Clinton abductions. Does that have to do with the body count? No, not that. No, those abductions. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, with Bill Clinton. <laughs> so Bill Clinton, I believe it was somewhere. It was like Las Vegas or one of these like big cities out west. He was staying at this hotel secretly. This hotel also had a um, a UFO abduct Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Oh man, I definitely don't know this. Story. So Bill Clinton was staying there with the Secret Service in like these blocked hotel rooms, 
Like, so they had the, you know, they get the president's hotel and then there's one above, one below and both on the side. So nobody can get into the president's room without, you know, going to a secret service room. Uh, but they didn't want anybody to know. So they left all the other rooms normal. This is during an active UFO abductee convention. So all these people there have had past experiences. Some like are the super positive, like, yeah, I love it. Most of them are like, no, it was horrible. It ruined my life. And it's kind of like a, uh, like a big group meet kind of thing to kind of help get over some of the issues. So that night, over 100 people were abducted from that hotel. And they were almost all horrible hmm. experiences. But if you look at the rooms that were abducted, it's almost like a perfect circle around Bill Clinton's room. Now, this is the week after that there was UFOs over the White House. So some people, and I'll get to the gray part here in a second. Some people think that it was, whether he was agree, like against the aliens, for the aliens, or they were having some kind of discussion, they were showing to him that no matter where he's at, you're not untouchable. See, we grabbed all these people around you, around the Secret Service, and you never knew we were there. We grabbed 100 people right from under you, and you never knew anything about it. Uh, so why? how we know it was the Greys. So this these group that were in there, uh, and there are several, like you can look up, there's hundreds, like I said, there's like 100 abductions, so there's a bunch of these stories out there. The really famous one is a group of guys, the one guy nobody at this convention liked. Nobody liked him, but they all tried to like get rooms with each other for not just safety, just like to help break down cost. So this other guy gets stuck with him. The one that everybody at the conference, he's like, it's kind of like his number came up. So then it's like, now it's my turn to spend the night with Jack. You know, just how it is. And because he's just like a pain. He's one of those guys. So during the abduction, he like, so that night, he kind of senses an entity in the corner of the room and he's frozen like sleep paralysis after he can kind of turn his head. And he's like, okay, I'm about to get abducted. I, he's like, I've been through this a hundred times. I know what's about to happen. He looks so, or so he's waiting and nothing's happening to him. He's like, well, this is really weird. I've never had to wait this long for the process to start. He turns over and looks and it's all about Jack. And Jack is like fighting, screaming, fighting with these guys. And he's like, he's starting to freak out. And it's like, it's a whole, it's like a horrible process. Like they're dragging him out into like a portal kind of thing. And finally, one of these entities come over and he's like, oh, don't worry. We're not going to do that to you. We don't like that guy. He's a jerk. Basically. <laughs> uh, Nobody likes it. And it's like, and then so the next morning, like all these people had the dots all over him. But they, Jack or whatever was like all shook it up. Like he was like crying. He was like, I seen you there and I seen you there. Nobody would help me. All this stuff. It was a whole big deal. But yeah, it was all around Bill Clinton. It just. Wow. Yeah. It just, that's. That's crazy. I never knew and that. It's just all about the grays. Makes a lot of sense with that Clinton. I mean, they were also there in Arkansas, you know, with all that cocaine being dropped in. So now <laughs> with these aliens. Uh, and then I'm sure they get. Man, it makes, kind of makes a lot of sense, bro. Honestly, like. Then giving all the technology to China, like who knows, man? That's that that might be the fake Bill Clinton. And then I guess there's there's a long history with Grays and the presidents. I can't remember. Was it which president had the treaty with the Grays? Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Eisenhower agreement. So when they agreed, it's like they were allowed to take sixty five hundred people a year from the U.S. Uh, one of their ships crashed. And it was like over like a hundred thousand people's worth of body parts all over the Texas or something like that. And they just kept catching the grays and lies and lies and lies. And finally they got to the point where the grays are like, 
No, I, it, we're just not going to agree to anything you say anymore. As you can tell, like we're so much more advanced than you. It doesn't matter. Like your agreements aren't real to us. Like we, we'll, we'll tell you, yeah, to anything. It doesn't matter. And that's what some people think the Bill Clinton thing was about. I mean, is it? You kind of think about it. It's this intergalactical. I mean, I'm kind of being funny, but kind of not intergalactical uh, trafficking. Oh yeah, right? human trafficking. And then maybe all these rings, like if we go into like, yeah, we see the surface level when you go on stuff like Sound of Freedom or anything like that, where you're like, oh, yeah, this is happening. But you're like, there's a bigger scale. We all talk about the occultic and the occultic goes with the extraterrestrials, whether whatever you want to call it, whether it's an alien or an angel, whatever. But the extraterrestrial is actually trafficking these people. That's kind of it connects. So I think that, that what you should glean from this, everybody at home, is that. At least if you get a manis man abducting you and he looks terrifying, the little tiny guys with the big black eyes are much worse. So now you could be like, yeah. oh, <laughs> at least it's just a manis man. Could be worse, yeah. It could be much worse. It could be those little peanut guys. <laughs> the peanut guys. Absolutely. Well, guys, this was a great episode. I was excited to do this a whole lot. It actually got me down a whole bunch of other rabbit holes that I'm going to use mm -hmm. for the future, but this was a lot of fun. I love talking about aliens and fallen angels and the like, and you guys always bring a lot to the table. Clone 73.3, you are super nice. I mean, you're actually way nicer than the last one, 666. He was kind of just always doing weird stuff, connecting to like stuff in the walls. I don't know what he was up to, but we really appreciate you being here outside of the weird light show that's going on like every little bit. Um, you've been a great clone, man. We really appreciate it. Well, I'm just here to, you know, listen, observe and absorb, you know, all this feedback and reflect it in a positive way for you guys and just give you some insight, a little light in your lives and your physical bodies to, you know, experience this a little more, you know, positively and just to move forward with a positive light and, you know, just so you guys can expel them negative energies and negative thoughts. That's my mission and goal here today. Yeah, we really appreciate that, Jay Clone. Uh, you know where you can find us, killthemockingbirds.com, Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram, Sean Chris Music on Instagram, Van Tesla Music on Instagram. You can find Sean Chris and Joel Thomas on any music streaming platform. Cryptids, what you got? YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, cryptidsofthecorn.com. Uh, you can now leave a voicemail, and that's at uh, speakerpipe slash cryptidsofthecorn podcast. So you can leave us your encounters or just say hi. Yeah, so visit us on Facebook, say hi, go to our website, say hi, and talk to us. We like to interact. And remember, you can catch us all in October at 40 and Airwaves. We're going to see you guys there. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to hold Jay down and rub him down with grease and just see what happens. <laughs> I'm just gonna run around. You got, he's got to try to catch and me. For any of, any of our paid listeners, like you that get the smell guy game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, go catch me, catch me. I'll have a deaf, greased up deaf guy clone. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, guys, appreciate you guys coming here. Hey, guys, we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.